Jeans. It is the uh, Bob McCowan podcast for a Monday. Um, I am the aforementioned. That is John Shannon, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and we have no guest today. We thought the two of us would just chatter about what happened on the, on the weekend. And um, there was plenty. Uh, plenty to discuss, plenty of things to address. Almost too much. Almost too much. No, uh, it's never too much. Okay. Uh, I know the NBA playoffs probably now in this country are not exactly at the top of the uh, list of uh, of interest. And I think you would concede, John, that once the Toronto Raptors are out of the picture, interest wanes dramatically. Having said that, if you uh, were sitting around last night and watched uh, a basketball game, you watched uh, Miami try and avoid going down 3 nothing to the L.A. Lakers, and they did that in a rather dramatic fashion. A very, a very typical, I thought, of what we perceive every basketball game to be, a series of runs by mm-hmm. one team and then another. And, you, you know, your team's up 13, and you think, okay, got a little comfort zone. And two minutes later, the other team is up by five. And that's really what happened last night. But at the end of the day, the performance of Jimmy Butler was something that I think we should talk a little bit about. Uh, 40 points, triple-double, only the third player in the history of the NBA to register a triple-double while scoring 40 points. Only the third. I think Jerry West, LeBron, and now Jimmy Butler – and I guess the question for me, and I know I, you know I know the answer to it, but when you watch something like Butler's performance, aren't you amazed that he can't do that on a, some kind of regular basis? Yeah, uh, but at the same time, uh, I, and Butler was magnificent, uh, and and with Butler being so good, Kelly Olynyk looked better too. I mean, that was a a, a really good sidebar for uh, for Canadian basketball fans. Uh, but I, I put this on the Lakers. I put this on uh, because I I think the Lakers did what I did after Game Two. Hit that cruise control button. Uh, I think that they and and you know these guys are elite basketball players on the other side. Miami has some pride. There is some experience. There's some really good coaching. Uh, and and as, as great as Butler was, and he was spectacular. By the way, that, that's only the fourth time that any player that's gone head-to-head with LeBron at both ends of the court, um, that uh, the fourth time that, he's, that LeBron is allowed a triple-double. And the interesting thing about it, that's the first time it wasn't a guy from the Golden State Warriors. Um, so, but, and Butler, I, I don't want to discount what he did, but to me, Anthony Davis was not effective. I mean, they, the Lakers appeared at times half invested, uh, in this game because I think they thought they were going to sweep after game two. I'm not discounting that. And that, and, and Butler was, but Butler was great. It, the thing that, that, uh, that got me last night about it was, what were the Philadelphia 76ers thinking when they go acquire Butler and then they couldn't keep him? I mean, he was such a catalyst for them. Well, couldn't keep him or chose not to keep him. Right. Yeah. Couldn't or wouldn't. That's a good way. Uh, and, 
when you think about what's going on there now that Doc Rivers is there, wouldn't Jimmy Butler fit perfect in Philadelphia? Now? Well, I guess, yeah, I, and I guess my point is, and I, I suppose I, we all know the answer to this, but when you see a player play the way he did, I mean, it was so impressive, and he looked like he could do whatever he wanted to do. Oh, yeah. He just didn't have, you know, there are guys that have a hot hand, you know, and shoot threes and will will hit eight or nine threes in a night and get a big point total. Well, that can happen. Anybody can do that. But Butler did everything. I mean, he drove to the basket on a consistent basis. Um, you know, he, he, he had the triple-double, so he had plenty of assists and plenty of rebounds. I mean, he played, he played like a superstar. And I must tell you, while I respect Jimmy Butler's play overall and during his career, I never would put him in the superstar category. Would you? Um. Uh... Not in the last five years, but this was the hype that was supposed to, when he came and, and became a pro, this is what he was supposed to be like. Um, and it was his inconsistency in Minnesota and his, you know, his trash talking and his confidence that drove people nuts at times. Uh, but he, but, and there were times last year in Philadelphia after the trade that he, boy, he was so much fun to watch and you knew what he could contribute on a, on a team like this. This is now his team. Uh, he's a lot more mature now. I mean, even watching him post-game last night discuss it, um, he, was, he was a lot less boastful, uh, a lot more uh, uh, really kind of uh, politically correct, uh, even though he did talk a little bit about trash talking. I, I just, you know what, at his age, I, you know, he, he's grown up, he's playing better. Um, but I think the Lakers deliver this one to them on a platter. Well, inconsistency is, um, it seems to be inherent among most players in the National Basketball Association. I mean, you know, LeBron had a decent night. I think he, what he scored 25, something yeah. like that. But Kelly Olenek outplayed Anthony Davis in my mind. Kelly Olenek outplayed well, Anthony Davis. Davis got, I think, 15 points, and Olenek got, what, 17, 17. or 19 yeah, or but, whatever. Uh, For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now, and the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products, and we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, he was hitting the three. He was, uh, he, he was rolling off the picks with Butler. I mean, they had, a, they had some good chemistry. Uh, to me, yeah, that was as good him? a game. What's that? You think the Lakers want to trade uh, Davis for, for uh, Olenek? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Come on, you know. I no, but it, hey, listen. I suspect we, the, that it, is not likely to happen. It's it's the well. You, now you have to wonder what the response will be on Tuesday night uh, with this Laker club. Because remember, uh, these guys are in the bubble, and uh, even though there's and there there's a two day break coming in this series, Bob. There's a two day yeah. break coming. You, yeah, they'll you, all be you, bored as hell, but they already are bored as hell. Well, Look, but at least they have the their things, at least they the, have their families there. So one of the things that. Um, is intriguing about this. And there's no way to know whether this series would be 2-1 Miami or 3-0 Miami if Adebayo was there and Dragic was there. Yeah. So, I mean, these are both good players, both perceived to be integral 
to the success of the Heat, and they're absent. And yet, at the same time, I don't know. I you know, do you have a feeling that that Miami is missing these two guys? I actually think they're missing Adebayo more than they're missing Dragic. Well, and, and well, because he was he was to to me he he had been the breakout star of the bubble. Sure, he had been the guy because I mean. For the longest time, oh, Miami's in the playoffs. Yeah, but Miami's not going to do anything, and, and they're, they're going to fall short. And then all they kept doing was winning, and then you'd watch the games, and this Adebayo would come out of nowhere and be a, be a factor. Now, there's going to be the hardcore basketball fan that says, what, a, what do you know? He, he, we knew he was going to be great. But, you know, in the, in the mainstream, he, was, he has really, up until the injury, proved – to be a really good depth player, he used his body. He was he to me. He was the difference maker for the basketball team. So do I think that? Do I think that Miami be up be up in this series? I mean, the Lakers have so much firepower. Um, can LeBron turn it on? Can Anthony Davis turn it on when they need to? Can Rajon Rondo uh, put it, take it up a notch? Uh, probably. Uh, so perhaps, perhaps it could be two one Miami, uh, but I still expect the Lakers to win, even if Adebayo was in the lineup. Let's turn to the National Football League Week Four, and uh, there's a few games I want to address. Oh no! Hold on. Let let me guess. Let no. me guess the no, first. No, you'll be one. wrong. You'll be wrong. Well, yeah, you're just now you're being contrarian. No, no. I want. I'm going to start with the four and Buffalo Bills. Uh, for our friends down in Buffalo who um, – and, and here's, here's a question you probably can't answer, although geographically you are slightly closer to Buffalo than I am. Uh, maybe not as the crow flies, but as the car drives. Uh, nonetheless, um, Josh Allen's the real deal. Yep. There's absolutely no question about it. Um, you know, there are Bills fans that can remember the Jack Kemp era and oh, then, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah don't tell me people. you can't. No. How about, when are you going to mention Daryl LaMonica? Daryl LaMonica was an Oakland Raider for most of his career. He started with Buffalo, though. Yeah, well, and then, you know. Jack Kemp? Had, you're bringing up Jack Kemp? Come on. Let's talk about Lou Groza and Otto Graham, too. Come on now. Well, now you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Now we can, I know. That's well, a that's separate conversation. Well, I know. I mean, you're bringing up Jack Kemp. Name Come me on. five. I was about to list a few, but name me five other quarterbacks for the Buffalo Bills. Go ahead. Joe Ferguson. Was Doug okay. Flutie, Doug Flutie. Uh, was okay. Jim Kelly. Well, he was, he was the best of the bunch, right? Sure he was. Uh, Have they had a core? Okay, so the point is this. Rick Johnson. Rick Johnson. Oh, stop. Have... have have they had a quarterback as good as Josh Allen? Not since Jim Kelly. All right. It's a little early to make that comparison. And Kelly did take them to four Super Bowls? Yes, sir. Four in Lost a row, in all. fact. Lost them all. Um, is Allen right now look like he's as – has the potential to be as good as Jim Kelly? Maybe better because he might actually win a big game? Is he that well? Good? I, I just you know it's a it's a it's a question that's going to be asked a lot in the next little while, but boy is it early. 
boy is well i get that it's what this is is what his third year third year yeah yeah so but but you know he's got you know the coaching on this club is much better than any other coach any other players had since jim kelly was probably on this team wait a sec wasn't marv the coach when no since kelly yeah Yeah. marv levy I mean, I, and so, I mean, there was a, there was a coaching philosophy. Yeah, sure. And the coaching now is, I I mean, this is what they always wanted. You know, I mean, how many times did this team, what, when your buddy, buddy was uh, the general manager when he was always came on the show. Remember him? Hell yes. (laughs) I mean, listen, this guy is the real deal. He's big, he's mobile. I mean, I'm not sure there's a bigger, a better big man that can run from the quarterback position in the NFL. Uh, Jackson in Baltimore obviously is one, but this guy, every time he carries the ball, he surprises me. Uh, and it, to a point where you have to be concerned. He, he took a little bit of a hit yesterday on that non-throwing shoulder. Well, he took a pretty good hit. And, and, uh, and there was you some know, concern. I bet, but... bet there's a bit of ice on it today. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, this guy, he can throw the ball hard, which is, which is, which is what's happened in football. There, like every young quarterback that comes out with some pedigree, man, can they all throw the ball? It is like, they're all throwing rockets, rockets. Well, it was a good win yesterday for the bills. And, and I mean, any win is a good win, but to win on the road and beat a team that is, I, I think, I think got a chance to make the playoffs. Is a um, is a rather. Do you think Vegas has a chance to make playoffs? Yeah, don't you? You don't think the Raiders have a chance to make the yeah, playoffs? Yeah, I do. I, I've been quite I'm impressed by them. The wheel, I'm waiting for the wheels to fall off. A well, bit, it but... could. It could very well happen. But I think their 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 talent level is pretty high. Um, it, they may be another year. Um, you know, we were all laughing at Gruden, and and yeah. you know, well. he's he's a dinosaur. Why did he do this? He took the ten million or the ten year. Hundred million dollar contract, and he won't be able to to turn the franchise around. Well, and then started trading. Well, then he started and started trading, you know, their elite players for draft picks. But look at what they've done. They've yeah. they've they've gone out and acquired a whole bunch of guys who were the top guys at big name schools. And, but the, and it but the really only, wasn't the, about need as much as you know is the philosophy of. If he's the best player at Alabama or the second best player at Alabama, I'd rather have him than the guy who's the star at Padoink State. Sure. And that sure. really has been their philosophy. And I'm not here to tell you that I agree with it. I'll be interested to see how it works out. But so far, I think you got to give him credit. Yeah, they- you do. But now, here was a guy at one point was not very happy with David Carr as a quarterback either. And there were tons of stories that Gruden was going to find a way to get David Carr, who had this giant contract uh, that uh, that the Davis family signed him to, um, that he was going to try to find a way to get him out of there and put somebody in that was a, a true Gruden. Um, but David and I've always loved David Carr coming out of Fresno State. I always thought he was great, uh, but he seems to have matured and adapted pretty well as as well. Uh, and I think that's part that, of the yeah. success. You know, when you right, think, gonna, when you think about what quarterbacks do, quarterbacks do for teams, um, and how they change personalities of teams. And, and not to get off topic, but look what Joe Burrow did yesterday for Cincinnati. Yeah, I know, but but quarterbacks just changed the personality of a club so quickly 
Look at your look at the guy you have in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. Holy smokes! Well, we're going to get to him, and okay. and it's and, and that's uh, that, it's a very interesting point you make, and we're we're going to get to him. Let, let's let's move off the Bills for a second. Congratulations to them; they're four and zero. By the way, by and the way, Buffalo, the Seattle either... Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks are really good too. Yeah, because you know people I, down I, the street from people who watch our show, uh, you know, in Vancouver are going to say you, you, all you do is like the Buffalo Bills, Seattle Seahawks, and Russell no, no. Wilson. Pretty good. Oh, they're very good. And they have a quarterback who is now starting to get the recognition that he probably deserved three years ago. Um, he is a very, very talented quarterback. And um, that's that's a very good team. Uh, Tom Brady, another guy who is about <laughs> I've heard know, of 100 him. years old. I've heard of him. Uh, kind of stubs his toe in his first game at Tampa, loses to New Orleans. Yeah. who we thought was going, many people thought were going to be a 11, 12, 13 win team, the Saints. They still could be, Bob. Yeah, they, they've shown a lot of flaws. Um, I'm, not, I'm not ready to, to give them that, that, that kind of praise. But it's gone 3-0 since then. Mm-hmm. Now, he's missing his number one wide receiver, um, which shouldn't mean much because he's got three others that are really good and he has they haven't exactly overwhelmed teams but they're three and one now and brady throws for 369 yards five touchdowns well five touchdowns but the, 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 well, i mean i forget how old brady is 42 43 43 43 he was actually there is the largest gap between two starting quarterbacks herbert yeah herbert's for, what, 22 uh, los angeles 21 so it's 22 years difference when you think about it, Brady was already playing professional football when this guy was born. Was born, yeah. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Well, that's the kind of thing we're going to see, you know. Um, the problem, uh, but here's here's the one issue with when when you think about Tom Brady. Um, you know, the last game he played for New England last season, his last throw, pick six, and you thought, oh. What a way to end a career. He's going to, you know, pick six. He's thrown three more pick sixes. He's, like, he's had four of these. And one yesterday. And one yesterday again. And he, you know, again, listening post-game, he talked about it, oh, just pure execution. But I'll tell you what, that, that uh, you know, particularly in that one where, where it's the, uh, the, the, uh, the out play, that, you know, you do wonder about his arm at a certain point. Now he threw the ball down the middle long, but that, 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 uh, that play to the outside, boy, that's a long way for him. Well, let's be honest. I mean, I hear all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not picking on you cause you're not the only you, you, one. Who... You pick on me every day. What are you talking no, but about? I'm not picking on you at this moment. Although you will perceive that I am. Tom Brady has never had a gunslinger's arm. Nope. When he, when he, you know, when he came out of Michigan after playing what, what, like one year, in Michigan, he yeah. was one year as the starter. Yeah, he was just a guy. Yeah, a guy who was cerebral, who proved he's cerebral, who proves he's a great leader, but never, never, ever was a gunslinger. Never had the arm that would impress you. No. Could he throw it deep? Yeah, he could throw it fairly deep, but he couldn't heave it sixty yards. So. To, to talk about his diminished arm strength, which would be 
normal and acceptable and understandable is sort of irrelevant because he's never been that guy. Tom Brady well, then he better is start thro- smarter better stop than everybody else, and he will pick you apart. Yeah, then, then he better stop throwing that darn out. That's what he better start doing. Well, but it, 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 I mean, uh, easy for what, you to say. I'll go with Brady's decisions. Okay, what, it, if you don't mind, it, it, just it, it's just, you know, Mike Evans got a pass yesterday. Gronkowski. I mean, to me, there was that was it. That was that was quite a third quarter when you thought, oh, they've hit the wall. And the Chargers, pretty good too. Boy, oh boy, they they're they're they're, they're going to they're going to be an exciting football team. Yeah, they They're may going be, to be an they may be two team. years away because Herbert needs you know, like right. every quarterback, like Josh Allen. We talked about Josh Allen. You know, pretty good in year one, better in year two, looks like much better in year three, and that's what that's the kind of progression you want. Are we going to talk about Baker Mayfield yet? Well, we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, but okay. here's the intriguing thing: Baker Mayfield, third year, right? Yes, sir. First two years, cocky, arrogant, gunslinger, thinks he can throw it anywhere. And for a very brief period of time, it looked like he might be able to. Uh, Through passes that were completed that he should never, ever, ever, ever have thrown. Mm-hmm. And he did that in college, too. But the Browns yesterday hung up 49 on the Dallas Cowboys. And if Baker Mayfield hadn't thrown a single pass, they still would have won the game. Probably. Well, the, well, I mean, the Dallas defense is – the Dallas defense, I mean, did they show up well, at all? Did well, they show up at all? It's hard – you know, you can make that argument. I mean, and, when you think I'm about not, I mean, the know. offensive side of the ball, Dallas doesn't have any problems with Prescott and Elliott and those guys. There's no issue. But the Dallas defense, oh, my gosh, Bob. Well, okay. Was it the Dallas defense or the Cleveland? And this relates back to Mayfield. Sure. The Browns are not winning because Mayfield has figured out how to throw 40 passes in a game, complete 30 of them, and win a football game without making mistakes. I don't think he threw an interception yesterday. Baker Mayfield has been told or has learned that, excuse me, (laughs) this team can win and will win with the quality of running backs that they have. Yesterday, they they used how many running backs, John? Oh, I would have said five. Five is the correct answer. Where's my screen? Five. Five. Uh, One, a fullback who was in there periodically to block every now and again. Chubb goes down fairly early in the, well, maybe the second quarter, late second quarter. I don't remember exactly. Every guy they put into that backfield averaged eight or nine yards of yards of carry. Well, and, and so here's, here's, is here's that the, the inefficiency of Dallas's defense, or is that the execution of the offensive line well, on the but, part I mean, of the Browns? They, 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 they go they go. Go hand in hand in every football game that way. Well, sure, to some extent. Uh, the, the other thing, the, the the other thing that I, I find interesting with with Cleveland, and you talked about Mayfield's ego and his strut, and that for, particularly the first couple of years, you know, there was a time uh, in that window where he wasn't the cockiest guy on the team, and what has appeared to have happened is there has been like complete buy-in from Odell Beckham Jr. And three touchdowns yesterday. 
and he was as he was as prolific yesterday as I ever saw him with the New York Giants. Yep. And so all of so so all of a sudden you have two egos working together, two two guys with unbelievable talent working together, and then you have a whole roster saying, well, if these guys can a get along and b share the football and then be as prolific as they are, then we can win as a team. I thought Beckham yesterday was... Well, he was spectacular in every way. Sure he was. Three touchdowns, Yeah, and yet one of them was on a pass from Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah. One. You know, one was a, a gimmicky play that was the first touchdown of the game, and the other one was the uh, the end around. That's right. Well, the right. I mean, do you? Do which you, was the last touchdown of the game? That's which was the key touchdown, and this hor- horrific tackling by the Cowboys at that point. Dude. Well, the Cowboys looked horrific, and they looked shell shocked. And fire the general I, manager. All I'm saying is, uh, I've seen enough of the Cleveland Browns this year to understand that philosophically they are going the route of. They are going to run the ball more than they throw the ball. And I think, I want to say last year, John, how many teams ran more than they threw in the NFL? Well, I I don't know exactly, but my guess would be zero. Three, I think. Three? Two or three. Wow. Yeah. And they were all success, and they all had winning records. So, you know, maybe, I'm, I'm just opining here, maybe the Browns, new coaching staff again has looked at this statistic and you know sports are monkey see monkey do sure you know follow the leader whatever works that's what we're going to do but but all sports do the same thing but your 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 note about coaching staff uh, is also one that you wonder what kind of influence that's had on mayfield too because at a certain point, when it, when you have such a turnover of coaches in an organization, uh, you you do you do wonder it, it it can have a tremendously negative effect because you're learning what the third different game plan period you know the the playbook uh, in, in your career already right um, or are you saying hey maybe it's me maybe I'm maybe because I'm not listening to my coach enough or I'm not listening and buying in enough. That uh, maybe I have to just follow uh, follow what the the playbook says, and we can and we can win. I you know I don't I don't know, I don't know. But but they're they are now. If you draft that high for this long, you better get some good players, uh, which I think they've done. Um, well, but, yeah, but they but are, I mean, they're they're finally looking like a team, and they haven't looked like a team in years, Bob. They have two great running backs in an era where the running back has been diminished to being virtually insignificant. Well, disposable. Uh, in most they're disposable. offenses. They're disposable. And what the, well, what the Cleveland Browns seem to be proving is that you can win by playing ground game first. And not only can you win, you can, you can score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to go back to you know, three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, we're not going back to Jim Brown or, or Gail Sayers or whoever. You know, we're not going to go back to that era. But I'll tell you this. If a team like the Cleveland Browns runs the ball 60 70% of the time and winds up having success with it, 
that will be the that will be the beginning of the end of the passing era. It will be the beginning of the end. The one thing that's intriguing about the ground game is it runs the clock, and um, I, I don't I and don't see that. And happen. that's why why scoring forty nine points in a football game where the ground game was your primary offensive weapon is really extraordinary because you usually don't have enough time to do that. Now they were helped by the fact that when Dallas got the, got the ball, um, it was gunslinger time. Sure. On the other side. And they scored points in you know seconds, so. I, but I, I don't I I don't, anyway. don't see I don't I mean I the NFL has done everything, particularly in the last decade, to ensure that quarterbacks are protected, receivers are protected, that the ball gets thrown down the field. I I, th- I think football has. It, there's no way we're ever going back to a full running you know a r- running style first. No, I, I think I think the NFL's like the NBA. You know, like we're never not going to have the three-point play be a factor in an NBA game. I don't I think the the passing game, I mean when you look at look at the greatest coach of all time. Look at Bill Belichick. And don't give me Don Shula. Don Shula was great, but Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. Uh you particularly in this game. Um you know, when in doubt, I mean, how many times has he just he he's just made the running back you know, secondary, and then his quarterback throws. Now he's got a when he's healthy, the quarterback he's got now can run as well as he can throw. But I'll tell you, what, the throwing game, the, the the passing game, we're we're never going to see the change. Bill in that. Belichick is smart enough to understand he had the he had almost inarguably the greatest quarterback in the history of professional football at his disposal for twenty years. So you use him. You don't just have him hand off the ball. And the difference is Baker Mayfield in his first two years proved he ain't the greatest quarterback. Now, can he evolve into that? Maybe. But what Baker Mayfield did yesterday is hand off the ball and not turn it over. And if you do that, you can win. Now, let's move on because we've spent too much time on this. The NHL cap is stuck at $81.5 million. Yes, sir. Um, And as a result, um, there are plenty, according to speculation, plenty, maybe dozens of significant players that are being discussed are available uniquely because of this situation. There are many teams that expected the cap to be, what, 84, 85, Mm -hmm. and it's not. And they're going, holy crap, mm-hmm. now what do we do? And the only answer is, well, only one team won the Stanley Cup, so everybody else needs to improve. Well, we better trade somebody who's pretty good so that we can get rid of his five, six, eight million dollar cap hit and try and get somebody else. Um, Ekman Larson at Arizona. Uh, different, different, different situation there. I get it, but but, but significant player. The, the, I think the best example, Bob, is is the Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Have, well, they got a bunch of guys. They've got a bunch of guys, and all of those guys have either no trade or no moves or limited trade clauses. So all of a sudden, uh, you know, Julian Breezebaugh is in a very tough spot in order to try to get under that. 81.5 for next year. Yeah, I know. Whenever next year starts, uh, in order to to try to to uh, to keep his team at some point together, because his big guns, 
you know, Stamkos, Hedman, uh, he's got, you know, uh, Vasilevsky, the goaltender, they all make a lot of money. Yeah. And he's got to find a way to, you know, whether that, whether it's a, a restricted free agent or one of their, one of the role players like Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn, are they going to be able to move them? What about Line in, in Winnipeg? Um, if I'd suggested to you that he might be available, uh, you know, 12, 18 months ago, you'd have scoffed. Yes, um, totally, totally. But he might be. Oh, I think he is. I mean, I, I don't think there's much question that he's available. Um, again, when you think about where the cap is, you think about where, what kind of dollars he makes. Um, and then, um, and, and then the chemistry on that hockey club, they, you know, they were to me, the Winnipeg jets and, and we all like Paul Maurice. We like there's, and Randy Chevaldeos, one of the, or Kevin Chevaldeos, one of the great guys, but I'll tell you what, there's, there's a chemistry issue missing on that hockey club. And when they, when they lost so many of their good defensemen, Tyler Myers, Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba, uh, now they have to rebuild their blue line. But they've, you know, Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler aren't going anywhere. They're the core. Um, and so you bring up, there's two other names that come up, Nick Ehlers or Patrick Laine. I'm sure that there are general managers, as many general managers phoning about Nick Ehlers as they are Patrick Laine. Maybe, maybe. But you can't, you, Pat Ehlers is a lower cap hit. Uh, so I would argue sometimes as effective. Um, and, and so he's got cost certainty to a greater extent than Line A does. Uh, so to me, it's obvious that Line A is the one person in that system that has to, might have to go in order to make it all work and get, and put it together. So that's, that's why I think that, that his name has come up. Um, one other situation that we have been anticipating, but that, factually emerged this weekend and I think you mentioned it was Vegas signing Leonard to a five-year 25 million dollar contract that's no yep. surprise that's been the speculation for some period of time mm-hmm. Flurry makes more than that yep. and Flurry has been their number one goaltender and so I mean is there a question in your mind that Vegas can't keep both of them it's going to be difficult is that, is to that have two going to be difficult to have two goaltenders and and the the cap hit on two goaltenders is 12.5 million dollars. Yeah. Um you know and that, yet, that's hard. And yet and this is uh, you and I've had this conversation before. You know my opinion on this. Yes. You get down to the nuts and bolts and there is nothing more valuable, more integral to success and ultimately winning a Stanley Cup than great goaltending. Now, great goaltending doesn't have to mean great goaltending over the course of a long period of time. It, it just might mean in a, in the, at the right time, you have great goaltending. Yeah. And so goaltenders almost never drafted at the top of the draft. Goaltenders never paid the kind of money that skilled forwards or t- high-end defensemen get it is it is something that has left me completely cold for 20 years i don't understand it your most important player ultimately and coaches will say it gms will say it 
you know, at the end of every game, their goaltender played better than our goaltender. That's why we lost. We'll get a better goaltender. Go, go pay for the better goaltender. If you're going to spend $12.5 million, you spend 12, their team's spending $12.5 million on one guy. McDavid makes $12.5 million, does he not? Yes, yeah, pretty close. So? Austin no, the the dilemma you have with two great goaltenders, at least theoretically, and Leonard and Fleury, is only one of them can play but, at a time. It, yeah, but that's right. And, and, this is the, and this is the biggest issue of the cap world. Because, as you talked about, no, like, no goaltender plays 82 games. No goaltender plays 82 games. Which is a joke, too. Okay, Glenn Hall. Oh, okay. Well, right. there, you, you gave the example. Well, 500. 502? Two. Yeah. 500. Consecutive but, games. But, but and it's a different on world. And buses it's, and trains between games. Different world. Playing Saturday night in Toronto, getting on a train, training all night to Chicago, and then playing Boston that night. Listen, I, I love Glenn Hall as much as anybody. He just, just had his 89th birthday. Um, God bless. Uh, but I'll, I'll, you know, the game is so vastly different now. Oh, come on. It, the it, amount of practice time, the amount on. of practice time with these guys, it's a different animal being a goaltender. Uh, but I, yeah. I, I understand and respect your, what you're saying. The, the bottom line is, I mean, gold, it, I, I'm going to go off track again. Goaltending and starting pitching, right? Goaltending and starting pitching are the two positions in professional sports that have changed more than anybody. And nobody thinks anybody can go either back to having one goaltender play every game or a four-man rotation. That's, that's just a reality of where we are in the business right now. It's, that's exactly where we are. So, so when, you pay, when you pay a goaltender $5 million to play 55 games, you can justify it. So you, have to, you literally have to put your budget together right now, particularly with the, with the flat cap, and say, how much are we going to invest in goaltending period, knowing full well our number one guy is going to play 50 to 60 games, and the other guy is going to play, do the math, 32, 22 to 32 games. And what we're going to try to do is ensure that our second guy doesn't lose more than he wins. That's what we're trying to do. You, if you're a good backup goaltender, you better be at 500 or better. So those are the challenges that every manager has right now. All right, so a I'm going you know, to get off this because I, I can't make the argument that Vegas should keep both of them. You can't. I, I, I can't. I can't make that argument. No. However, 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 Fleury's going to go. Yeah. The Toronto Maple Leafs, with An there's lots of speculation about whether they're happy with Anderson, satisfied with Anderson, and I don't know whether they are or they should be. I kind of sit on the fence on that. He's been okay, but he hasn't brought them a playoff series victory. And I don't well, know. There's what, always, I, every once in a while, there's always a bad goal against Fred Anderson. Uh, yes, there is. Um, Fleury is 35-ish, somewhere around there. 37. North? North of that, really? Well, maybe, maybe I'll, I, I'd have to admit, let's say 35. Let's say and 35. He's, he's, relatively speaking, a little guy. Like, when you see Flurry stand behind, beside Leonard, you know, well, you know two entirely, entirely different guys. So, when I one watch... Guy's nick, one guy's nickname is The Flower. The other guy's nickname is Panda. Yes, there's a difference in size. Okay. 
in an era where big goaltenders are the norm and yep. the and what is aspired to, Flurry is the antithesis of that. I watch Flurry play, and he reminds me. Okay, again, historically, Jack Kemp, Mike Palmatier. Oh, oh no, no, come on, come on. Well, he he's down. You know, he flops. He this. He that. He's v- extremely athletic yes he is he is not he doesn't just stand there and say okay i know you can't see any part of the net i'm covering all of it because i'm six four and 230 pounds you know he's not that guy so just as a point of comparison if you're the toronto maple leafs you take a shot at him i i I think that this is a discussion that the maple leafs are are having yes I think this is a conversation that the Washington Capitals are having. I think this is a conversation the Pittsburgh Penguins are having. I think this is a conversation the Edmonton Oilers are having. And if you look at what happens in in all of those franchises, you know, you're looking for something beyond what Fleury can do on the ice. He's a great leader. Uh, everywhere he's gone, he's been called the greatest teammate of all time. Will that rub off? I think that there's something to be said for any of those clubs being able to make a push for Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, he has a list of teams that he doesn't want to be traded to, uh, but at the same time, I think if somebody walked in and said, listen, you have a chance to play with Austin Matthews or you have a chance to play with uh, Connor McDavid uh, and you have a role to play and we respect you here, which he was told all that in Vegas too. Um, you, you know, I, th- I think that I think anything's possible. I really, I really think anything's possible. And this is where, you know, in our discussion last week with Alan, Alan Walsh's agent, uh, you know, that, that, you know, we'll see what happens. Cause I think that this has been something that's been on the burner for both Flurry and Walsh since it became apparent that he wasn't the number one guy in Vegas anymore. See to me the to me the one place I, I I just I see him going to and driving everybody nuts is Washington, um, simply because the Washington Pittsburgh rivalry is so you know heated. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. And, and he's an ex Pittsburgh guy. And they just signed uh, the Penguins just signed Tristan Jerry to a new contract. Right. So uh, so flurry to go to Washington and come into the barn every once in a while if they if we have the ability to come into barn soon. Um, that to me would be, uh, would be an interesting one. There's still a relationship between George McPhee and Brian McClellan. They go all the way back to living, uh, in and around the Guelph area to going to Bowling Green to working together at the Caps. So right. there's, uh, that to me is the interesting one is, is could Flurry end up in Washington? All right. Uh, we could go on and on, uh, but we're going to put everybody to sleep and we, uh, certainly have no desire to do that, at least not for free. So, um, let us bid you a fond adieu. Uh, thank you, Mr. Shannon. And uh, we will be back uh, midweek. Um, can we, should we tell them who's uh, coming on next? Sure. Our friend P.K. Subban will uh, join us. And maybe Pernell Carl. Us- Pernell mm-hmm. Carl. Pernell Carl Subban. That's very good that you know both his, his names. Yeah, well. But the average person knows him as P.K. Yeah. Well, Are you just showing off? Is this what? If you if you start the show with him on Wednesday, hey Pernell, how you doing? I'll be really ticked. 
Well, <laughs> that being the case, I may very well just do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for John Shannon, Bob McCowan, have yourselves a swell day, night, uh, whatever the hell you're doing, whenever the hell you're doing it. We'll uh, see you midweek with PK on uh, the Carl. podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>